Chapter 17 Risk and Opportunity F.A. Kingfisher, Southern Hemisphere, Fall 2353 We are walking on the main deck looking at the constellations, and we are holding hands. Some of the star shapes are different from the ones at home. Takai knows all their names and describes the ones that can be seen both north and south of the equator. I've never really looked on missions, but they're so easy to see here. I'm so caught up in the stars, the ship, and the lovely day that I am caught unaware when we pause at the railing before the companionway that will take me to my quarters. Takai turns toward me and leans his face toward mine. I push him away vigorously, then I duck like a boxer rolling away from a hook and move away, turning my back. Oh no, what have I done? Why did he have to do that? Listen, I hear myself say, I can't, I don't, I'm sorry, it's just... I turn and see the wounded look on his face. I should talk to him. And then I run down the ladder to my quarters. What's your problem, troop? Dale comes up and stands next to me, addressing me with the informal generic title of a non-officer of the BPF after a rather lackluster performance in morning PT. I breathe heavily out. I blew it last night. On your date with Shima? You would have had to have done something pretty bad. I saw how he looked at you. His tone is light. I shoved him away when he tried to kiss me, then stammered nonsense, then ran away. I shut my eyes at the memory. There's a pause before Dale responds. Wow, I thought I was bad at dating. I'm forced to laugh, but at the same time say, it's not funny. I know I really hurt his feelings. You should have seen his face. So apologize. And give him a kiss. I don't think I can. I shake my head. Why not? Does he smell? I hadn't noticed that. There's still a lightness to Dale's voice. No, it's me. I turn my arm over and run a finger over my brand. I look at Dale. I'd lightly touched on my time as a thrall in our conversation during the movie. The thing is, I wasn't just a gardening thrall. And now... Dale turns and looks at me solidly for a full minute, his eyes narrowed and his mouth in a tight, straight line. Well, fuck. What's this place called again? He nods toward my brand. Bellcoast. Okay, then. I'll put it on the list of places to be burnt to the ground and the earth salted. I smile. Good plan. It certainly is on my list. Then I pause. I do wonder, though. If Belcoast is destroyed, will what happened there ever be gone from me? I gesture to myself. Will I ever be able to act, to feel normal again? Dale looks thoughtful. Our experiences, good and bad, are always going to shape us. Think you just need time, Cat. I wish life had a do-over button. I sigh wistfully. Hey. Dale's finger reaches over and lifts my chin up, so I'm looking at him. It may be a bit rich for me to give dating advice, but go talk to him. He likes you. He's not a hard sell. He'll understand if he is worth your time. He jerks his head to the side. He's usually on the foredeck this time of day. You think honesty is better than avoidance? I ask, and he laughs and nods. Well, I guess it's worth a try. I head in the direction he suggests. I make my way to the foredeck and see Takai standing, one foot on a low railing looking out at the sea. The wind is ruffling his hair. Here goes nothing. Hi. I figure I'll start slow.
He looks over and starts a smile and then presses his lips together. So I'm sorry if I misread things, Cat. I breathe out already exasperated with my behavior, but decide to seize upon the reading idea. No, Takai, it's not that. Don't think you misread anything. It's just, I didn't let you see that there's this big footnote. He looks at me with those gorgeous eyes and his dark eyebrows pinch together a bit. What do you mean? His lips return to a half smile. I look down at my brand and rub it. There was, I blow out and glance up at him. Okay, this is really hard. I look out at the calm sea and try to jump my brain to the horizon. I decide to say it fast. There was a lot of pain and abuse when I was a thrall. I look up at him. The kind that makes it terrifying for me to consider any physical relationship. Takai is now leaning his elbows on the higher railing with his head tilted toward me, eyes still soft but a crease between them as he considers what I've said. Are you saying you haven't had any kind of relationship? I nod and he follows up. Since when? Uh, I let my eyes shift back and forth as if I'm counting, but I already know how long to the month. Um, four years? And I wouldn't exactly call anything that happened as a thrall a relationship. He quickly responds. No, no, definitely not. He pauses and looks back out to the sea. I didn't know. Or I wouldn't have. I give a half laugh. It's all new territory for me as well. There is a pause for almost a minute. Then he turns toward me and comes close enough for me to smell his scent. It is heady. I take a deep breath of it and I can detect salt and soap and cedar. He leans in a bit more. Then let's just be friends, Cat Wallace. I like you. You aren't like any other woman I've ever known. We can be good friends. And if there's ever a time you want us to be more... He leans his face down to connect to my eyes. I'll be right here. He smiles that warm smile he has and I just about melt. Thank you for understanding. I give a small mirthless laugh. It's like in the old days movies. It's not you, it's me. I try to smile. His smile continues. Let's walk. He holds a hand out to me and I only hesitate for a second before taking it. So, cat. You said you knew some F.A. officers from your missions? Let's hear about that. Then we walk on, chatting comfortably and holding hands. We've now spent a couple of weeks, Takai and I, walking, at times hand in hand, on the deck and around the rest of the ship, chatting amiably. In fact, we've met and had dinner together almost every night and talked about our days, our dreams, our plans, and even our pasts. There are many things I like about Takai Shima. I like looking at him because I find him quite attractive, but I also like the way he speaks to people. Not just me, but also the crew. He's respectful, but also familiar, always asking after a crew member's family or some personal but not too personal part of their life. I like him. He doesn't press me to open up to him either emotionally or physically, and the less he presses, the more I am considering doing just that as best I can. During the day, I continue to train with the security detail in the gym and shooting range. Dale has put me in charge of my group of four. They keep asking you how to do things, Cat. You may as well be officially in charge of them. I find I enjoy planning what the team will do and when, and having them look to me for how things should play out when we practice protection of landing parties. 
I hope to finally be a part of one going ashore soon. Having the team makes me feel like less of a lone wolf, which is what Teddy always called me. This feels more like I'm part of a pack. I write on my device to Mama and Papa almost every day, telling them about what I'm seeing and learning. I don't say anything about Takai in my notes to Papa because when I had first mentioned him on a comm, Papa had said, I didn't assign you there to lose your head to Commander Ito like some foolish lovesick girl. Focus on your learning. Mama has gotten more information about Takai and has been supportive. She tells me to be patient with myself. She understands. I mean, she has seen all the scars and heard a little bit of the story and is the one who comes to me at home when I have the nightmares about Bell Coast and knives and the awful one about the deer in the forest. Midday, I get a message on my device. It's from Takai. No dinner tonight, it reads. Okay, you've work, I respond, and there's no answer. As the day wraps up, Dale and I decide we will make it a double feature tonight since I'm free, and, well, Dale is always free, though I'm working on changing that. I shower and put on a fresh uniform and meet him at the door to the officer's club. There's a line. Did you reserve a spot for us? There's a lot of people here. I peer around the group of four in front of me. I did. We're later than usual, and it's the end of the week. These people are probably all on dates. How does that work? I thought F.A. ships had a no-fraternizing rule. No, that got shut down a good half century ago. They found they got more sailors if families could come along. And since they got to fraternize, the single folk got to, or at least attempt to, as well, Dale explains. Makes sense, I guess. We are in the club and about to be seated when I see him. He sits in the place where we usually have dinner. It's a table near the corner with a cushioned seat on two sides and two chairs opposite it. There's some lovely greenery on a shelf behind the cushioned seat, but when Takai and I sit there, it makes it awkward for me to lean my head back. This time he is on the cushion section near the corner, and next to him is a lovely woman, with lovely red hair and a lovely emerald dress, notably not a uniform. They're sitting very close and laughing. Hey, wake up. Our egg is ready. Dale follows my eyes. Well, shit. He tugs my sleeve and I move with him, not taking my eyes off the table. Two whiskeys, please. I hear him call to the bartender as we move past the bar and into the section with the cubicles, which are made for watching videos. They look like giant eggs with an enclosed half that rises and curves up smoothly like a shell. The side with the tables and chairs looks into a dark interior, which is where the movies show. Headsets and a remote are situated in a basket in the center. I want to sit in this one. I point to one of the first ones. You know, maybe one without such a good view of the dining room? Dale ventures. This one. I'm vehement. We sit, me positioning myself to have a decent view of the lovebirds. Dale alternately shakes his head and leans over to see what's happening. You know, we could watch movies elsewhere. My quarters, your quarters, the hallway, Mars, underwater, while on fire. Uh-huh. I am not really listening as there is a far more important issue to be settled. So how would you describe that skin? Is it milky or peaches and cream? I mean, there's a lot we can see to judge it. Cat, stop. You aren't doing yourself any favors. And there it is. The kiss. I sit back, then lean forward and look, then sit back again with a huff, then lean forward. How long is it going to go on for? I sit back. I need another whiskey. No, you most definitely do not need another whiskey. Fuck you, I can decide when I want a whiskey. I'm not a child. 
I hear Dale murmur something. What? What was that? I said all evidence to the contrary. For God's sake, Kat, just go over there and ask him what's going on. Didn't have you pegged as someone who avoids confrontation. I don't generally, but this is new. That's how people get hit. And I'm not sure which one I want to hit more. Do you hear yourself? Full-on jealous rage. Tell that to the no-kissing part of your brain. I blow out a breath and growl a little. I wish it were that easy. I slowly lean a bit to see the table. Takai is standing and holding her hand as if to help her stand. They're both smiling. And God, those are long legs and those heels. I start to lean back, but Dale is on my shoulder peering as well. He makes a low, quiet whistle through his teeth. That is quite an eyeful. A very lovely eyeful. I glare at him and shove him back toward his seat. That's enough out of you. That's not the type you're supposed to be eyeing. Oh, and you are? You know, I was married to a woman for a good ten years, though. I'm not sure it would have lasted that long had Red over there come along. I slap Dale's shoulder with the back of my hand. And then I see him smiling at me with a come on tilt to his head. I sit back and give a laugh. Is this what dating is like? Because if it is, it's fucking stupid. Given how little I date, I can't tell you. He points to the Obi. Let's watch a movie. We can have some burgers and a beer or four. Real burgers? No, the regular meat-free ones. Done. I shrug. A gloomy cloud has settled over me. Here, this will cheer you up. Dale leans over and gives my shoulder a little push. There is a plan for a landing party on Monday. And here he cajoles me with a sing-song tone. And I have scheduled your team to be the security detail. It's like he is offering a treat to a child, but it works. I am thrilled. Really? I grin. We get to leave the ship and meet some people? Well, the officers in charge will meet the head island people and talk and negotiate. You and your team will basically just be ready if there are threats. We will guard the precious officers and bring them back alive. I laugh. It's good to have something like that to look forward to at work after this shit show of a night. I'll go get the beers. I stand and wend my way through the crowd to the bar. I retrieve two mugs filled to the brim and start to head back to Dale and the egg. I turn and take a step looking over my shoulder to thank the bartender and almost collide with a couple of people. My hands jerk back to keep from dumping beer on them and thus a small wave of beer splashes down my uniform from each glass. I look up. I'm so sorry, did I spill? I taper off. It's Takai and long legs. There's a half second of awkward silence that I then fill with babbling. Well, hello, I didn't spill on you, did I? My eyes cut over to Dale, who is standing watching this encounter. His hand is on his head. Takai finally speaks. Uh, Cat, I mean, Corporal Wallace. No harm done. You're okay, aren't you, Bridget? Bridget, huh? With that hair and shit, those are really green eyes. The name fits. I force a smile. All good then? I'll be going. Oh, let's help her out, Takai. Her voice is low and melodious. She scoops one of the beers from my hand and hands me a napkin for my front. I glance at Takai, and I know there are weapons in my glance. He closes his eyes against the assault and takes a breath. I dab my front but keep my glare steady. Of course, where are you sitting? He takes the second beer. I motion to the nearest egg and walk behind them toward it. When we arrive, Dale has taken his seat and looks nonchalant. I am disgusted. Oh, Dale seems surprised by our arrival. The man could be an actor. You've brought friends, Cat. 
He stands and takes the beer from Bridget, then warmly takes her hand. It's delightful to meet you. I'm Lieutenant Commander Dale Wilson. Bridget Heath, good to meet you. Takai sets the beer in his hand down and stands uncomfortably behind Bridget. I am about to push past the two interlopers and take my seat when I hear Dale say, Join us for a drink. I am going to kill him. It's just a matter of when. Takai seems about to decline, but Bridget says, That would be lovely. Maybe a white wine or one of those fruity cocktails. I raise my eyebrows. I've got it. Be right back. I return from the bar with a tray holding two lime monsoons complete with slices of fruit and tiny paper umbrellas and two shots of whiskey. I feel a bit of satisfaction distributing the drinks as I put one of those fruity monstrosities in front of Takai. Figured you would want the same, I say with a straight face as I watch his eyebrows rise. As I sit down and drink half my whiskey and then reach for my beer, I hear Takai say, I should introduce you to Cat Wallace. This is Bridget Heath. Bridget, Cat Wallace. Cat is from Bosch, here on an extended assignment. Bosch, Bridget exclaims. The pirate nation? <gasps> How exciting. I smile. I just call it home. Where do you live? Well, I was born in one of the farming areas of the central continent, but now I live and work in Truevale, the most exciting city on the planet. She smiles over to Takai and takes his hand. I'm trying to convince this man to come and visit me on his next leave. She reaches out and entwines her fingers in his. Takai looks entranced. Well, we will see what can be arranged. I am unimpressed. What do you do in the most exciting city on the planet? Bridget smiles. I'm an actuary for the obelisk insurance group that covers the Federal Alliance's military equipment. I'm sorry, I really don't know what an actuary does. I wrinkle my brow and lean in. Her teeth are so white and so straight. Reminds me of Lance from my recruitment class. Bridget tosses her hair lightly, and I think I see the two men who seem to be entranced jump a bit. Oh, no need to apologize. No one really knows. I assess risk to the equipment and to personnel and recommend ways to reduce or even eliminate the risk. She takes a sip of her cocktail through the provided straw. How do you assess risk? And why would you want to eliminate it? I sincerely want to know. I use mathematical tables to assess it, and the more risk can be reduced, the longer the equipment will last, and the safer the personnel will be. She smiles. And what do you do here on the Kingfisher? I hit people, and I shoot things. I down the rest of my whiskey and smile. Fuck yes. Assess that risk. Come on, get a move on! I shout to the three officers ahead of me as I hear weapon fire not too far behind us, but fortunately far enough. My security team has their weapons drawn, and we are herding the officers back to the dinghy. We splash through the surf and boost them onto the small deck, and one of the officers says, We can't leave him behind! I frown. Everybody has an opinion about the plan once it all goes to shit. Of course not, sir. I nod at the distressed officer, then turn. Bowman, I direct one of my team. Toss the inflatable under that driftwood and cover it. I'll use it to bring him back. You get these folks back to the ship. I want my people out of harm's way. You got it, Wallace, he says without hesitation, immediately hefting the uninflated raft out of the dinghy. I think I could get used to this being in charge thing. I stand on the shore for a moment until they're out of firing range and then duck into the vegetation and consider my plan. 
We had arrived in Raja Tengelam, a tropical island in the southern sea with fairly sparse vegetation, due to the volcanic nature of the soil, in the morning, to negotiate with the inhabitants about the possibility of putting a base here, so the F.A. can keep an eye on the Chinese military. The F.A. and China are constantly trying to one-up each other in colonization of the new islands. And because they distrust each other, there are often diplomatic tensions that slip into occasional skirmishes. Both sides have hired the Bosch to perform extractions of information or people, and we have, more than once, helped negotiate a peaceful end to the skirmishes. I don't think this one will end up with everyone drinking together, though. The Chinese contingency, read Armed Unit of Twelve, that showed up shortly after we arrived did not seem to want to talk, and the Tangalum people seemed fully allied with the Chinese. We had been able to hustle three of the four officers out the door pretty quickly, but the fourth had gone for a walk with the headwoman of Raja Tengelum and was now undoubtedly in Chinese custody. And to top it off, that officer was Takai. I consider simply leaving him here. After all, I'd gone to spend all weekend watching Bridget and him moon about the ship, holding hands and kissing and laughing. Turns out they dated in university for a couple of years, and it was just a lucky chance that she came on the ship he was stationed on. Uh-huh. Something tells me a person who spends her days working out the mathematics of risk doesn't rely on lucky chances to run into an old flame. I may have taken every opportunity to interrupt them and show her some of the riskier things that occur on the ship. I enjoyed watching Takai frown as I showed Bridget where the majority of the ship's ordnance was held and pretended to drop one as I yelled, Fire in the hole! She jumped back quite quickly. I grin at the memory and then sigh. I have a duty to retrieve him. I think about how best to get back to where he may be held. Only one timely way to be sure. I pull a few things out of my small crossbody bag and reluctantly take the bag off and hang it on a branch. Then I move out of the vegetation and get a bead on where the Chinese pursuers are and head directly toward them with my hands raised. We are in a small outdoor cage made of sturdy bamboo lashed with pegs and rope. I stand surveying the area around me and rub my wrists where the same type of rope bindings had cut into my skin a bit as they had bound me and marched me here. They cut them off before tossing me in. There's barely room for us both, and Takai sits on the ground a few inches away, staring out past me, a disgusted expression on his face. So the rest of the team returned to the ship? Yes, I told you that three times. I'm impatient with repeating myself. But you got captured. He sounds as impatient as I'm feeling. I look down at him. Again, told you this. My voice drops low. I chose to get captured, unlike you. I glare at him. Takai stands and looks at me incredulously. Why in the world would you do that? Keep your voice down, I say through my teeth. Because I stand almost nose to nose with him. It was the easiest way to find you. My tone is starting to show my annoyance at his lack of appreciation for my arrival. He lets out an exasperated breath and says angrily, but now you are imprisoned as well. What good is that? It was a ridiculous risk. The word risk? Sets me off. A ridiculous risk. Oh, I see. Maybe I should consult Super Safe Bridget, the actuary, to advise me on the risk slash opportunity matrix. But I don't see her here. She's likely sitting super safely on deck in some emerald green bikini that brings out her eyes, sipping on some fruity drink. I may be yelling at this point, having dropped my concern for volume. I see one of the guards who is stationed several feet away glance back. 
don't bring Brigitte into this. She's been perfectly nice to you, even though you've taunted her all weekend. His face is practically in mine and his voice is equally loud. I wasn't taunting her. I was taunting you, you idiot. I lean in and yell back. There's a pause for a millisecond. Then we both reach for each other and start to kiss. And we kiss and kiss? He pauses and pulls back a tiny bit, and I move hungrily back in for more. I feel his hands move along my back and hips, and one even comes to my head. And I feel his fingers in my hair, and I don't care. I reach my hands to either side of his face and kiss him with a passion that I didn't know existed in me, but now feels unleashed. We sink to our knees and continue to explore each other with our lips. Eventually, we pause, breathing heavily and moving slightly apart so we can look at each other. His eyes hold an equal amount of surprise and desire. I'm not sure I want to get out of here now, he says huskily. I grin. We'll leave after the sun goes down. Still plenty of time for kissing. I lean back in and find his mouth.